Grace and peace to you from God, our Heavenly Father, our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ, by the presence of his Holy Spirit among us and within all who believe. And all God's people said, Amen. So we've been going through Thessalonians. This is the second letter, of course. And uh, just a reminder, so this is a brand new congregation. They're brand new believers. Uh, Paul has had to move on from there. He kind of got kicked out of town. Uh, He has this tremendous heart of love and care for every congregation, every person he's ever met and and built the gospel into. So he wrote back to the Thessalonians uh, first letter. Uh, This one follows pretty quickly after it. Uh, they had some, some challenges. They had some pressure, uh, persecution, difficulties right there in Thessalonica from some hard-hearted Jews and from some pagans too. So that was part of the mix. They had some real stirring up. Somebody was really stirring them up and trying to get them off track, telling them that the rapture in the day of the Lord had already happened. And that got them all, all messed up because, uh, yeah, they had difficulty hanging on to what Paul had taught them, that foundation, they let some false teachings get them all stirred up and and anxious. So that's uh, the big things that Paul has been uh, writing back into their lives and having, he says, um, be sure and read this letter aloud to the whole congregation so everybody can get back on track and have peace in Christ. Say amen. Peace in Christ is a good thing. All right. So I'm going to back up just a couple of verses into last Sunday's sermon so we can get the flow going forward, okay? I share this every now and then. If you've got your Bibles open, we're going to start at uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 9. But you see, wherever you have, you're reading along in your Bible, and then there's white space, and then there's some helpful subheading, okay? The white space shouldn't be there, really, and the, the subheadings shouldn't be there, really, because they weren't there when Paul wrote the letter. And so when we separate that stuff out like that, sometimes it leads to us kind of missing connections in the letter, in the flow of thought and so forth. And so that's what's happening here today. We're going to flow right on through it and try and fix that connection problem, okay? So 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 9, picking up the tail end of Paul talking about some teachings, clear teachings about um, Jesus can't come today because a couple things have to happen first. We have to have the rebellion, the apostasy, the falling away in a big way from the word of God. Then the Antichrist has to reveal himself. Uh, that's really clear in the Bible, folks. It happens at the midpoint of the seven years. So when Paul says he can't come today, he hasn't already come because these things have to happen first. Everybody say glory. glory. We have markers. We have some idea of what should happen before Christ returns. So in the middle of that, chapter 2, verse 9. So Paul writes, the coming of the lawless one, that's the Antichrist, is by the activity of Satan with all power and false signs and wonders, with all wicked deception for those who are perishing, because they, why did they perish? Why do folks perish? Because they say it with me, refuse to love the truth and so be saved. You see this happening in our culture, in our, in our universities, and all around the world. This whole thing about this postmodernism, that's the phrase for it, but the whole thing is, you can be, you have your truth and be happy with it. I'll have my truth and I'll be happy with it. And we'll all just be happy with our truth. Folks, that is not truth. <laughs> you, I can't say the wall is white and you say, no, the wall is black. And we both be happy with our truth. That cannot reasonably be accepted. It's not, it's not real. That's some kind of fantasy land. And so Paul says here, in relation to lots of things, he says, 
if you refuse to love the truth, if you won't base your spiritual life, your eternity, your worship of whatever God you're going to choose, all those things, if you won't base it in truth, then you're on a fast track to hell and separation from the God who is truth. So that's part of his, his big concern here. He says, they refuse to love the truth and so be saved, verse 11. Therefore, God sends them a strong delusion so that they may believe what is false in order that all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in, righteousness, in unrighteousness. Here's what they traded. So here's, here's what the whole thing about. This is what it's all about. When you fall into this trap of you can be happy with your truth and I'll be happy with mine and let's just leave each other alone. You know what that's about? That's about making myself my own personal God and then I can what? have pleasure and unrighteousness to my heart's content, and I don't have to listen to you tell me I'm wrong. Or you tell me there's a holy God who's going to have an issue with the way I'm living. None of those things matter because I'm my own God. I got my own truth. I mean, is this a new thing? Paul was writing about it 2,000 years ago. So this is not a new thing. But he says, in order that all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. So that's been, now we're going to flow. Now in your Bibles, you got white space and stand firm. That's, stand firm, that's cool. But let's wipe that to the side and keep flowing out of this lawless one, antichrist, um, not loving truth, but instead loving myself and having pleasure and unrighteousness. Verse 13, new material. But what we ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers and sisters, Beloved by the Lord, because God chose you as the first fruits to be saved. Now, let's keep going. As first fruits to be saved through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the, say it, truth. We're not just believing in um, a myth or a fantasy or a fairy tale that makes us feel good. We're not just believing in some story that is a crutch for us and helps us to feel better about life. We are believing in a true God who truly created the heavens and the earth, this planet created us. The Bible, this is the book of truth. There's no book like it in the world. I preach about it all the time, right? If you have any questions about demonstrating this to be true, I'll sit down with you and be glad to help you with that. This is the truth. It points to the one true God. And that points, this book points us to the one and only Son, Jesus Christ, by whom we might be saved. That's the truth. But let's back up a second here. It says, we ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers and sisters, beloved by the Lord, here in Thessalonica, because God chose you. Now, as the first fruits, that's an okay translation. <clears throat> it's legitimate. <clears throat> might be more helpful to say, because God chose you from the beginning. Okay, first fruits is like the the very first field you take out, the very best corn from that field. That would be your first fruits offering back in the Old Testament. First and best, right? So it's kind of like beginning is a part of that, that um, understanding. So it's because God chose you from the beginning to be saved. Well, how far back did God choose us? We can get into a real rabbit trail with predestination and stuff. Say glory. We're not going down the bunny trail, say bigger glory. Okay, here's my understanding that's helped me get through it and just move on with life, amen? 
God predestined us from the beginning. Yes, he did. Before Adam and Eve, God knew the whole thing was going to go off the rails. He knew he was going to have to send Jesus to the cross. He knew all that stuff. And God decided before Adam and Eve, those who hear the gospel and receive it and believe in my son, Jesus Christ, I will save them. That's what he predestined. Now, beyond that, you can make all kinds of uh, arguments and you can beat your heads together. This church had a problem in the 1920s. Norwegian Lutheran uh, denominations blew each other up over predestination. And this church, Larry Tweet, will tell you the famous story. There was a Sunday. This church was being split over predestination. It went through Norwegian Lutherans like crazy in America. And there was a Sunday morning where, this is what Larry says, it's the truth. <laughs> His grandpa tells a story that they came to church on a Sunday morning, and it was the old wooden one, correct, way back in the 1920s, and Larry's grandpa had nailed the doors shut. <laughs> and he stood there, and as people came, were like, what is up with this? What are you doing? There was so much anger and so much bitterness and stuff, and he said, how dare we come into the house of God with this kind of rancor going on? This we should not do on a Sunday morning, and that's why he nailed the doors shut, to make a stand for the gospel, for grace, forgiveness, and for unity in the body of Christ. If that's the way it actually happened, I say glory to God for Larry's grandpa. Now, our doors are made out of metal. You can't use nails. I don't know. We're not going there, amen? <laughs> so predestination, this is the way I understand it. It helps me. God predestined everybody who hears the gospel and believes he will save them. They will be his precious children. So, so let's start back at 13 and go with the flow now, okay? And we don't, have to, we don't have to trip over that. What's this chose you from the beginning thing? But we always, we ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers and sisters, beloved by the Lord. God loves you because God chose you from the beginning to be saved through sanctification by the Spirit. That sanctification is that wonderful process of being made more and more like Jesus through life. Say hallelujah, okay? The day you got saved and 10, 10 years later, if you're walking with Jesus, you are gonna be more like him in that time period. There's gonna be progression. Is it perfect? No, it ain't perfect because we aren't, but Jesus is and the Holy Spirit's working on us. So through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth, that's how we get saved. Believing in the truth of the gospel. Verse 14. To this he called you through our gospel. Through this Jesus called you through our gospel so that you may obtain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Can we just soak in that for a minute here? You and I can obtain the glory of Jesus Christ. Are you comfortable with that? Sounds kind of out there, doesn't it? The glory of Jesus Christ, that's pretty powerful stuff. That's beautiful stuff. What is the glory of Jesus Christ? It's his very character and who he is. It's the beauty of his moral perfection. It's the beauty of his holiness. It's the, the vivacity of the life which he is and which he passes on to all human life. It's all those things. And sometimes you can even physically see the glory of God. It used to be the Shekinah glory. You could see the glory of God above the Ark of the Covenant. When they were doing that 24-7 worship thing that David set up back in the day, 
they were doing that at the ark because you could see a, a, a glimpse. You could see the Shekinah glory of God's presence there. So they were worshiping 24-7. Wouldn't you? Okay. So let's do it. Verse 14. To this he called you through our gospel so that you may obtain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the work of the Holy Spirit in you and me. Becoming more and more like Jesus. Us exhibiting more and more the glory of Christ who lives in me, whose blood bought me, who's made me his own, adopted me, who's working on me to make me more Christ-like. You, you know, beloved believers, right? We've got a bunch of them here. And you just, you just like hanging out with them. Because there's so much Jesus in them, you just want to... You just want to hang with that. And you always leave. No matter what your day was like, when you leave, you're always like, I've been blessed. I've been hanging out with someone. You're not thinking this consciously, probably, but, but it's the glory of Christ. We can see that, know that, and experience that in each other. Now, we don't want to go off the rails and make that our, our big, big thing, right? But this is real. To this he called you through our gospel so that you may obtain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Say glory. glory. Turn to your neighbor and say, you got glory. <laughs> now, it depends on how you feel about it. You can turn to your neighbor and say, you're beautiful. <laughs> Not in the physical realm. <laughs> got beautiful glory, right? Oh. Verse 15. So then, brothers and sisters, stand firm and hold to the traditions that you were taught by us, either by our spoken word or by our letter. Now, this is the guts of the tail end of Paul's letter here. So I want the um, youth to come up and help me with this a little bit. This is a big deal. So we got, we got troubles and struggles, right? We go, whoa, feels like the roof has fallen on our head lately in the world, in our nation, the stuff that's going on. And so get half of you on each side. Take one in. What, it's boys against girls? All right, if you want it to be that way. So this is not tug of war, okay? So get, get straight. No, I, I did not. I, I said like, like, like. Tug of war, okay. But it's not. So the, the rope needs to be like straight and taut. So wrap it around your hand a bunch of times. Okay. So here's what, here's what Paul is saying. He says, stand firm and hold fast, right? Is that what it says? Read it back to me. Stand firm. So then, brothers, stand firm and hold to the traditions. Now, tradition gets a bad rap in our culture today, right? Tough. <laughs> tradition is great, and you stand on it when it's true. When the tradition is based on truth, you stand firm on it and you hold on to that tradition. So, so this is all we have to do. When you look through Revelation, you look through Matthew 24, all these places talk about the end times and the, the worst of the worst. What does God say? God says, hold fast. He says, in the, in the letters in Revelation, a bunch of times Jesus says, I don't ask anything more of you than hang on to what I've given you. You've got it. Hang on, he says. So say it with me. Hang on, okay? You say, well, is that so hard? So now here's the deal. Ladies, you are going to represent the believing, saved Christians. 
What does Jesus say to you? You got the gospel, you got the truth. You know the traditions, you've been taught. Some I'm still teaching in confirmation, but you're being taught, you're still learning Sunday mornings. What does God, Jesus Christ say to you? He says, stand firm and hold on. Now, the world, this motley crew, we got liars. We got antichrist sympathizers. We got evil, wicked people. We got the representatives of Satan. Okay, so what are they, what are they always trying to do? You're always trying to pull them off. You're trying to take them off that direction. So you guys just stand firm. Okay, set your feet. No, set your feet. I should have had... Okay, football. Three-point stance. Okay? Stand firm. There we go. Now, you guys are all over the map. Keep all your hands on the rope. You're all over the place. You go that way. You're trying to pull them that direction. Don't try. Don't pull them off. Okay. Understand. <laughs> Allow them to stand firm. But you're trying, okay? Now, don't pull real hard. Now, go that way. You guys, go down the center aisle. So you're trying to pull them off into the left ditch. What are you ladies going to do? You're going to stand firm and hold on. You're not, no. Oh. <laughs> brother and sister <laughs> okay they try to pull you off to the left and you say, no you're going to stand firm and hold on then they can then say well let's try and pull them to the right let's go off in the weeds over here what are the christians going to do we're going to stand firm and hold on right now that wasn't me <laughs> the devil made me do it did right now go back out in the center so they're always trying. That's what the world and the enemy are always trying to do. Okay, trying to scare you. Trying to make you be full of fear and anxiety and all kinds of different nasty, naughty things. <laughs> and what does Jesus say to you? He says, stand firm. You don't have to be experts at all kinds of warfare and different things. He says, here's what you need to be great at. Stand firm. Hold on. So when they throw junk at you, you open your Bible and you go, hmm, I know how to handle that. You stand firm and you hold on. And no matter what the enemy does, no matter what direction he tries to pull, no matter how much he tries to scare you, you know what to do. Say with me, stand firm, hold on. How hard is that? Don't you love our God? He keeps things really simple for us. Say hallelujah. hallelujah. Okay, you guys go. <clears throat> Do we need a youth director? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, we're doing fine. We're having a great time. It's all right. We'd love a youth director, but we're doing all right. Thanks so much for your help, mostly. Okay. So here it is. Simple, awesome, super clear instructions. Verse 15. So then, brothers and sisters, stand firm, hold to the traditions that you were taught by us, either by our spoken word or by our letter. Don't let people mess with you. Tradition is great, and we love it, and we stand firm on it when it's based on truth, and that's what we have. Say hallelujah. 
Okay, verse 16. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and gave us eternal comfort and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts and establish them in every good work and word. There's a lot of wonderful stuff there, right? All that to comfort our hearts and establish us in every good work and word. You need comfort for your heart? Spend some time here. Here's where the comfort is. Need comfort for your heart? Spend some time with your steadfast Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Share what's on your heart with him. Listen to him. Soak in his presence. Let him know, I know you're present. I need to experience that. You know, whatever your need, what does Jesus love to do? He loves to comfort your heart, comfort you with the gospel, comfort you with his presence. And when you need help standing strong, when the, those um, nasty <laughs> enemies are really trying to pull you off your feet, he will help you stand firm and hold on. Call on his name, spend time in the word. So continue, ignore the white space and the chapter three number and all that stuff, just keep moving. Next verse. Finally, brothers and sisters, pray for us that the word of the Lord may speed ahead and be honored. That's a really cool prayer, isn't it? Uh, could our nation use this prayer right now? Could our local community, could our county use this prayer? Do we, would it be great, would it be wonderful if the word of God would speed ahead and be honored? People receiving it, getting saved, acting on it, churches busting at the seams. Wouldn't that be great? This is a different way, a different verbiage. We're praying for revival here. That's what Paul's doing. I love it. It's a new, fresh way for me anyway to pray for revival. Almighty God, we pray that your word would speed ahead and be honored in the hearts and minds and lives of people right here in our community, in our state, in our governor's mansion, in our, in our White House, across the nation, in, in every slum and every homeless shelter and wherever, that your word would speed ahead, change hearts, minds, and lives, and be honored. That's an awesome prayer. Thank you, Paul, for that prayer. Brothers and sisters, pray for us that the word of the Lord may speed ahead and be honored as happened among you. Why does Paul love this, these people in Thessalonica so much? It's because when he brought the gospel there, they jumped on it and they received it and they, and they let Jesus come and change their lives. There was life change. And then they even withstood persecution and hardship and they stuck together and they stood on the word. And so that's why Paul loves these people like crazy. He says, the word of God may speed ahead and be honored as happened among you, verse two, and that we may be delivered from wicked and evil men. Now, I never knew this before. Uh, we can still keep learning even when we're old, amen? amen. Wicked, be delivered from wicked men. Uh, wickedness is when they are actively wanting to cause you harm. So like when Hamas attacked Israel and just killed all kinds of babies and ladies and everybody in between, that was wickedness on display. 
the, the desire to do painful harm and death to your enemy. That's wickedness. Paul says, God, deliver us from people like that. What's uh, evil men? Evil men, is, men and women is those who, who completely different approach. Wicked is bonsai and try to do you harm. Evil is, uh, hey, come over here. I, I got something for you. Why don't you try this? It's the newest thing on the street. It's, it's gonna, you're going to feel great for a couple of hours. Evil tries to come alongside and entice us away from Christ and into a lie and something that will do us harm in the long run. So wickedness is in your face trying to do you painful harm. Evil tries to entice you to bring you in unawares. Paul says, I want to be delivered from both kinds. God, deliver us from wickedness and from evil. There's probably people in your life that are messing around with their relationship with God or don't have a relationship with Jesus. They're making some bad choices. I just heard this a couple times this week, you know, looking, talking about somebody's life, and they said, well, that life is just a series of bad choices, and it's, it's led to this. There's a gentleman up in, in Alaska, this is where the comments came from, on Facebook. Um, they said, this guy has the ability, should have been a leading commercial pilot. Just fantastic pilot, knowledgeable, smart, so many things. But here he is on Facebook. He's destroyed his life through alcohol and drugs, adultery, destroyed his marriage, his family, everything else. So he goes on Facebook and he says, I'm in a really bad spot. Is there anybody who could bring me some food? So at the Alaska Mission, they're sharing about this guy, and, and Tom Olson says, there is a lifetime of terrible decision after terrible decision. And he's reaping the whirlwind. But now he's at a place, maybe, maybe now, he'll say yes to Jesus. God, deliver us from wicked and evil men for not all have faith. Have you noticed that? For not all have faith? Okay, say this next sentence with me loud and strong. But the Lord is faithful. You flip the coin. What is our hope? What is our, what is our, uh, our heartwarming stuff? What is our good news? The Lord is faithful, on the other hand. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. Say, Glory! That's what glory looks like. Hallelujah. That's exciting. He, the Lord Jesus Christ, he's faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. Are you defenseless? Are you a lamb out there for the slaughter? Jesus Christ is your guard and your defense. Verse 4. We have confidence in the Lord about you, that you are doing and will do the things that we command. He says, we, we told you to stick with Jesus Hang on to the word that we've given you. Stand firm and hold on. We're confident you're going to do that. Is the Lord Jesus Christ confident in you and I today that we're going to do that? Say, hallelujah. hallelujah. We're going to do that together. That's why Sunday mornings are important. Amen? Encourage each other. We're going to do this together. Verse 5. May the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and to the steadfastness of Christ. Way more steadfast than really sticky duct tape. 
What's this? May the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and to the steadfastness of Christ. We're living in amazing times. I'm glad to be here. God's appointed all of us, each one of us, to be here in this time for now. It's not a mistake that we're here for now. We're here for now to shine forth the glory of Christ to everyone we meet. That's one of a lot of many things God wants to do with us, but that's one of the big, big ones. Top five. The glory of Jesus Christ shining from us to others. Because darkness is on the increase, that makes we shine brighter. Say hallelujah. So we're not going to be yelling and screaming and cursing the darkness all the time. We're going to light more candles. We're going to say more prayers. We're going to share more with others about Jesus. And when the attacks come our way and whatever, the evil one comes and tries to draw us in, we're going to stand firm and hold on. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you're amazing and wonderful. Uh, I want to pray for the gentleman in Alaska who cried out on Facebook. God, yes, prompt someone to bring him food. Prompt someone who would bring him food and would bring him the gospel as well. God, we pray for his salvation because you love him. No matter how many things he's messed up, how many terrible decisions, no matter how much pain he's caused, you love him and you died for him on the cross too. God, as we, as we declare that truth for him, we receive it for ourselves this morning. Who here this morning needs to know that the power of the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross is strong enough to forgive and cleanse? We receive that ourselves, Lord. God, thank you for the opportunity in this time, in this world, in this county, in this state, all those things. Thank you for the opportunity right now, God, to live for you. We pray that the increase of your glory in us would be an everyday thing, Lord Jesus, by your Holy Spirit, by your word. Let your glory in us increase, Lord, that others may more easily and obviously see it day by day. And God, we do pray like we do at the offering time. We pray, help us to reach the lost ones with the truth. Draw their hearts and their minds to truth, to you, Lord Jesus. And then help us to build up the saved ones. God, we love you. These are times for a strong foundation, a rock foundation, for feet set firmly, and for us to hold on to the gospel and the traditions you've given. Thanks so much for this letter, God. Paul is nailing it to us. He's speaking to us today. And so are you. In Jesus' name, amen.